Good morning, everybody. Welcome today to this, wow, the last day of February. We're already two months into this year, and this is exciting. Praise God for his goodness. just want to remind you before we start to go ahead and subscribe and like and comment to my YouTube channel, my podcast, Tom and Sarah, uh, Bounding Hope, Tom and Sarah, Encountering God. Um, on YouTube, go ahead and comment, like, share it. On this video, like, comment, and share. Praise God. So we are in John 16. We are almost, we have about six chapters to go here. I have told you this, 16 verse 1. I have told you this so that you would not surrender to confusion or doubt. And uh, so he basically what he's saying is so that you will not be crushed. I'm telling you these things that the Holy Spirit is going to be with you so you won't be crushed. You won't be laid out uh, in this trap that they set for you. Why is that? For you will be excommunicated from synagogues and a time is coming when you will be put to death by misguided ones who will presume to be doing God a great service by putting you to death. Most uh, people uh, feel that that is a reference to Paul or Saul later on, the Pharisee, um, <clears throat> after killing Stephen. And so uh, when the Aramaic translation is that uh, uh, so that those who kill you will think they're presuming to do a holy offering unto the Lord. And they will do these things because they don't know anything about the Father or me. I shared a 90-second of hope this morning. Moses asked God to show him his glory. God said, I will let my goodness pass before you. And then, uh, that's 33 of Exodus. And he said, because you can't see my face or else you'll die. And then, in chapter 34, he says, the Lord, the Lord God. Slow to anger, kind, goodness, all that stuff. Forgives. That's 34, verse 6. That is what the Father is like. Remember, Jesus said, ask anything in my name and I will do it. In this manner, I will show you what the Father is really like. These people will put you to death. They'll persecute you. They'll revile you because they don't know anything about the Father and they don't know anything about Jesus. I'm telling you this now so when the time comes, you will remember that I foretold it. I didn't tell you this in the beginning because I was still with you. But now that I'm leaving you and going back to join the one who sent me, you need to be told. Jesus protected the disciples when he was there. Now he's leaving. Now what does he do? In chapter 15, he says, I'm leaving you a comforter. I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit, 14, 14 and 15. He will send you the divine encourager in chapter 15. 
Yet not one of you is asking me where I'm going. Instead, your hearts are filled with sadness because I told you these things. God gives you prophetic words. He gives you words of encouragement. And if you are already encouraged, guess what? In this world, you're going to have anxieties. You're going to have persecutions. You're going to have tribulations. They're going to happen. But we have the Holy Spirit Now, I, you know, if, um, <clears throat> if you're feeling sad because you feel like God is distant from you, understand that the Holy Spirit is living inside you. He lives inside you for your sake. He comes upon you for everybody else's sake. But here's the truth, Jesus said. You're, you know, your hearts are filled with sadness right now. In Romans, he says that the God of all hope will fill you to overbounding with joy. It's to your advantage that I go away, for if I don't go away, the divine encourager, the Holy Spirit, will not be released to you, but after I depart, I will send him to you. The Redeemer of the curse is coming to you. But he can't come unless Jesus goes. Jesus got to go so the Holy Spirit can come. In fact, God multiplied um, his effect by leaving and sending. He sends us. But here's the truth. If I don't go, it's to your advantage that I go. And then he says in verse uh, in verse 8, but when he comes, he will expose sin and prove that the world is wrong about God's righteousness and his judgments. Sin, because they refuse to believe in who I am. God's righteousness, because I'm going back to join the Father and you'll see me no longer. And judgment, because the ruler of this dark world has already received his sentence. It was not a surprise that Jesus... Uh, was to die. The devil thought he had won the victory. Remember, it is not a contest between the devil and Jesus. It's not a contest. It's a contest between Michael the archangel and the devil. Because remember, uh, Satan was at one point Lucifer, who was the worship leader in heaven. He took one third of the angels with him. But Jesus, it's not even a contest. So the Holy Spirit is going to expose sin. People who don't believe him, they're going to expose it. You'll, you, you, know, you can watch the news and see that that's happening. God's righteousness because he's going back. And judgment because the ruler of this dark. Satan has already received his sentence. You lose. You're guilty. There's so much more that I would like to say, but it's more than you can grasp at this moment. But when the truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of, of every truth within you. 
not doctrine, but the realities of the truth in you. And he won't speak on his own, but only what he hears from the Father. Does that sound familiar? And he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. He, he will glorify me on earth, for he will receive from me what is mine and reveal it to you. In other words, in Aramaic, he says he plants what is mine and he shows it to you. Everything that belongs to the Father belongs to me. That is why I say that the divine encourager will receive what is mine and reveal it to you. Soon you won't see me any longer, but then after a little while you will see me in a new way. So we're going to uh, we're going to hold that scripture there, but I want to tell you this. Jesus first will tell you, remember, the secrets of the Lord are with those who fear him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, for you have to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's telling them, you're going to be excommunicated. People are going to hate you. Now, I hate when people hate me. I don't like when people hate me. I don't like it at all, in fact. Remember that show, Everybody Loves Raymond? <laughs> I would rather have it be that people are comfortable to be around me and like me. But it's not going to happen. Some people are going to hate me because I'm going to irritate the spirit that's in them. Jesus foretold that people are not going to like him very much and like the disciples very much. People aren't going to like you very much. That's not encouraging, Tom. Well, guess what? It's real. And then he says something really cool in verse 16. Soon you won't see me any longer, but then, after a little while, you'll see me in a new way. How's that? The resurrection. He uses, uh, he uses two words for see here. You're not going to physically see me anymore, but you will fully see me in a little while, in a new way. What is that way? Resurrected. They've seen Jesus. I don't know if he ever had bad breath. On The Chosen, they show him using activated charcoal to brush his teeth. I don't know if he ever smelled bad. I don't know what they do for, for deodorant. Understand this, this thing. That you're going to go through seasons day after day. You're going to go through seasons when God feels far away. But understand, he is Jehovah Shammah. Redemptive name of the Lord, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is there. 
He's always there. Now in verse 17, some of the disciples asked each other, what does he mean? Soon you won't see me in a little while. After that, you'll see me in a new way. What does he mean? Because I'm going to the Father. So they kept on repeating, what is the meaning of a little while? We have no clue what Jesus is talking about. It gets that way sometimes, but just wait. Sometimes God will tell you things and you're just like, I don't understand. It's okay not to understand. But wait. That word wait in, in Hebrew is kind of like a, a, um, a childbirth. Waiting patiently. Patiently is like childbirth. Waiting is like a hunter lying in wait, not relaxing on the couch and sleeping all day. It's not what he's talking about. Lying in wait like a lion, expecting to see. And Jesus knew what they were thinking. It was obvious that they were anxious to ask him and he, what he had meant. So he spoke up and said, let me make it quite clear. You will weep and be overcome with grief over what happens to me. The unbelieving world will be happy while you will be filled with sorrow. But know this, your sadness will be turned to joy when you see me again. Just like a woman giving birth experiences intense labor pains in delivering her baby. Yet, after the child is born, she quickly forgets what she went through uh, because of the overwhelming joy of knowing that a new baby has been born into the world. Now, um, I've, I had uh, seen um, my children being born. Excruciating. It's weird. <laughs> I mean, weird in a good way. The pain that's involved in getting this person to come out of a woman's body. But when it's all done, there is a relief. There is a release. Because now a new being is here. A child is born. Another reference, I believe, to being born from above. Born again he's telling them listen you're going to be sad when they're crucifying me you're going to think all is gone remember they for the most part they thought that jesus was going to overthrow the romans but that's not what jesus was going to do he felt the anxiety in them he says it was obvious that they were anxious to ask him what he meant. There was an anxiousness there. Jesus is speaking in terms of giving birth because the church is about to be born. Many times I've had prophecies for people that, that the Holy Spirit has impregnated that person, whoever it is, with the presence of God, 
the person impregnated them and what was going to be born out of them was going to be of the Lord. That ministry, that, that artistic thing that they were going to do. He is a, the Holy Spirit is a truth-giving spirit. He is a godly, he is a God-encourager. He is the spirit of truth. He is the comforter. He is your power. He brings dunamis power to people that have no power. Dunamis, the word where we get dynamite. Now, it doesn't say that all the disciples asked that. Some of them, not all of them. I'm pretty sure some of them were like, I have no clue, I'll just watch. Have you ever been overcome with grief? Have you ever had situations in your life where you have been overcome with grief? The Lord is telling you today that incredible joy is coming to you when you see him again. We all have stuff. We all have stuff. So we're going to pause here for just a second. I want to remind you, go to Tom and Sarah, uh, my podcast, and Bounding Hope. Go to my other YouTube channel. That's uh, Encountering God, Tom and Sarah. Just go ahead and search it. Subscribe. I got some teachings. I got classes. I've got, um, uh, we had the school of uh, the Upper Kenai School of supernatural ministry go ahead and subscribe like and comment so that's how you're going to help the ministry it's going to help have a help on our ministry Buy my books. You can get them on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. You can get them on Walmart.com. That way you can help the ministry. I'm going to be going to school next year, September.
kind of feel like we need to pray at the moment, so let's pray. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, we want to see your face. Kind of feel many people out there are sad, they're discouraged, they're grieving, but Lord, you are the giver of hope. You haven't pushed us aside. You have, you have provided everything that we need through your death and resurrection by giving us the Holy Spirit. Be with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we'll pick this up tomorrow. I just kind of feel like we need to end it here. And we'll pick up with verse uh, 22 tomorrow. So God bless you. Have a great day. And we'll talk to you next time.